0: Now, here's a preview of Powerful Women Revealed.
1: I, feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. So good. So good. I got a year. Oh! I feel nice. A sugar response. I nice like sugar is
0: Good afternoon and welcome to WATD's Powerful Women Revealed, created and hosted by Nicole Perry. You're invited to enjoy an ongoing series of personal and educational discussions with a variety of women that want to educate, inspire, and bring awareness to the community. These women all have a powerful mission and appreciate the opportunity to share their stories, milestones, and successes with you. Here's your host, Nicole Perry. Good afternoon and welcome to Powerful Women
2: Revealed. I'm your host, Nicole Perry. My guest today was born in the UK, moved to the US when she was just nine years old, and currently lives in Stoneham, Massachusetts with her husband and three children. Since 2010, she has personally assisted in the sale of over $100 million of property in the greater Boston area. Did I say that figure right? (laughs) yes I did okay all right thank you Carrie Um, with a focus on actually investment properties she is an author and self published her debut book entitled you can have it all with real estate and the subtitle how to harness the power of the American dream her intention is to help young working families in a way that takes them from A to Z in search of their dream to own and invest in real estate Carrie Gatto welcome to the show
3: Thank you so much for having me.
2: And thank you for um, joining um, Powerful Women Rise. I'm so happy to have you on the team.
3: Oh, I'm so excited to be part of the team. And Cambridge.
2: And Cambridge. So we're opening up a Cambridge location. We'd love to have 28-ish women in that location. Um, Who do you want to invite to come to the location? Obviously, mortgage lenders.
3: Yes. I mean, there's so many... So many options, um, but yeah, starting with my sphere, yeah. mortgage lenders, um, real estate attorneys, other kinds of attorneys, estate attorneys. Mm.
2: Um,
3: Cambridge area. Planners.
2: Yep. Cambridge yeah. area. And I'm excited and we don't have a location. We just have, we just have, we know we want to be in Cambridge and we're starting with a few people and we're just going to let it go from there organically. So, oh, yeah. um, and you know, uh, how long have you been
3: with Ke- um, Keller Williams? I've been with Keller Williams since 2015, so going on six years.
2: Okay. And what do you love the most about the training that they offer to you? Because you even give them props in your book.
3: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I know. The training is superior, second to none at Keller Williams. And I, I love that question. I think the best thing I love about it is they teach you to think bigger. Mm. they just teach you to think bigger and bigger
2: picture bigger picture and beyond what you actually limit yourself to practically right
3: exactly exactly so Gary Keller that's one of the things I admire so much about him he's the founder of Keller Williams one of them Um, and he is just every time I listen to him he's so inspirational he's the king of thinking big Mm. he says take your goals and then double them and I never really understood why he said that until really just in the past year, it started to make sense to me because I realized that, you know, you can make smaller goals that you feel are more achievable, more safe. And yet when you make those goals, you're going to set up models and systems in your business that are smaller. And when you want to uh... double again, or scale up your business the next year, you're going to have to reinvent your business with new models and systems. But if you do as Gary tells us to do and start with big goals, you're always striving towards those bigger goals. So you're going to set up models and systems that are going to ultimately help you achieve them.
2: Interesting. Very interesting. Now, you have a master's degree in film and production. Tell me, how did this career transition take place um, into (laughs) real estate?
3: Yeah. So um, let's see. So I was working actually um, shortly after I got married to my husband, who also was working in film. We moved to L.A. and lived there for four years. Um, And during that time, I was working as an assistant to a talent agent, which I came to find out is the best way to kind of get into the Hollywood circle, because you kind of get to know everyone. You do a lot of networking. Oh, and that was my end to become a producer.
2: Okay, so you had this amazing foot in the door.
3: Correct. Yeah. And, and I was working my way, you know, through um, just getting to know people and figuring out the process of of how one becomes a writer, director, or producer. And, but what happened was life happened. We had a baby. Yep. And um, so that was about three years in. And, my priorities just shifted completely. Mm -hmm. I realized I didn't want to be part of this Hollywood rat race because I would have to be working literally like 9am to 7pm or later Yeah, compete with all these other people that were trying to do what I was trying to do or even be on location for months at a time. And so that's when I decided that I wanted to be my own boss. I didn't want to wait for someone else to green light my dreams. And it, it was real estate. And at the same time, we had just bought our first condo. I fell in love with the process of doing that. Yeah. And read up a lot on it. And it just was a natural, it was a natural shift for me.
2: Mm. Now, what are the first action steps to take if the listener has a sudden interest or even they have a burning desire to own or invest? What What is the first action step they really yeah. ideally need to take?
3: I think, honestly, the most important thing you can do is to get around other people that are investing, if you're not already. Mm. And of course, you're going to be reading and listening to podcasts and things like that. But if I had to pick one thing, it's just get around other people that are doing what you want to do, because by osmosis, you'll learn from them and you'll see that if they can do it, you can do it, too.
2: hmm. And not necessarily, um, you know, uh, my brain is uh, sorry, my brain is going in a, <laughs> a million directions right now, <laughs> and I don't even know if I want to ask that question. So, um, well, now, what about um, investing internationally? Like, like you, you, you were born and raised in the UK, do Mm. you, you know, why do you want to encourage people? What are the pros and cons?
3: Sure. Yeah. And that's something that I've just recently started to become more interested in. I've always loved traveling. Um, and, and as you said, I was born in a different country and that's something that's a big, um, goal for me is to take my family all around.
2: Well, and you probably still have family there.
3: I do. No, yeah. I do. So,
2: so yeah. for you to invest um, internationally makes sense because if you're, then you get to see your family.
3: Exactly.
2: Exactly. But what are the pros and cons for somebody? Um, like, why would somebody just suddenly want to invest in property and yeah. not even have it be in the U.S.?
3: Well, one thing is that oftentimes you can get property a lot cheaper than you can in the U.S. Um, I've been looking into Mexico quite a bit recently, and, you know, the prices are very attractive, even though you're basically living in paradise, you know, even close to the beach and things like that.
2: Um, oh, my God. <laughs> you can invest in a property and have that be your own freaking oasis.
3: Yes. yes
2: right? And, rent rent and rather than...
3: home, And then rent it out and- other Times when you're not using it, and then maybe yeah. it does become your primary residence at one point. Wow. If you want,
2: wow. But the,
3: the con of that, um, and I, I know this is true in Mexico, and I think it's true probably in other areas too, is that it might not. We might not have access to mortgages in these other countries that you want to invest in. Oh. We Take it for granted in the U.S. that we can get a mortgage if we want to buy a property. But not so much in, in countries like Mexico. The banks don't lend to U.S. citizens um, if they're not Mexican nationals. So so how do you, you get around that? Well, um, there happens to be um, some developers in Mexico that do offer developer financing. So that's an option. There's also the option of using like a HELOC, a home equity line of credit from your home in the U.S. Oh finance it yourself
2: that way interesting wow where there, where
3: there's a will there's a way
2: where the eye that is one of my favorite all-time sayings where there's a will there's a way and you you seem to have a lot of fun like you you're smiling a lot you're not very stressed like this is a time well i mean that we're the unprecedented times that we're finally coming through and surviving you know uh the pandemic um not everybody but a a lot of us are surviving the pandemic why are you so um happy (laughs) and not stressful
3: (laughs) oh my gosh well i mean i certainly real estate is and can be very stressful at times and yet I really feel grateful that I've found my passion in real estate in the the investing side for me is just endlessly fascinating. And I love to help people really leverage the power of real estate as an investment vehicle and use it to lay the foundation of their financial future and their family's financial future. Um, I've seen the power of it in action. I'm, I'm an investor myself and I just get really excited about it. And how I many love,
2: how um, many properties have you invested in?
3: I currently have uh, four doors, meaning that I have two, two families. I live in one unit and I rent out the other of the duplex I have here in Stoneham. Wow. And then we own a duplex in Maine. And I flipped a couple of properties too.
2: Wow! So uh, we have to go to break. But um, a person, an ideal person that you want to work with, is somebody that um, can is able to trust you because I love, I love this, so that there is very little dilly-dallying and you can both get straight to the point. I love that you said that. And there's some more um, tips yeah. on who we're going to share, your ideal client. But we do have to go to break. You can find Carrie at bigpicturerealty.kw.com. I hope you stay with us. You're listening to Powerful Women Revealed right here on 95.9 WATD.
0: A grapefruit diet is not realistic. A Love Diet is personal. For over two and a half years, Nicole Perry has been writing her debut book, I Am On A Love Diet, and it's officially available on Amazon right now. Nicole's debut book, I Am On A Love Diet, is Nicole's story of how she focused on feeding herself love for 365 days and shares her very candid, raw, and personal thoughts about the dieting industry. Nicole's book is nonfiction, but reads like a beach novel. Get your copy today by visiting ilovemydiet.com. Busted flat in Baton Rouge Waiting for
1: a train And I was feeling near as faded as my jeans Bobby thumbed a diesel dam Just before it rained And rode us all the way to New Orleans I And soft while Bobby sang the blues mm-hmm. When she'll wipe her time I was holding Bobby's standing man We sang every song that new knew yeah. Bobby McGee. And we are back.
2: You're listening to Powerful Women Revealed. Love that song, "Me and Bobby McGee" by Janis Joplin. I'm so glad that you picked it. Like oh, I, I love it. you have such. A- I, it is quite eclectic. You you like a variety of music and very yeah. interesting music. And that was one of your choices. And so was the, the song we kicked it off with, uh, James Brown. That was one of your choices, too. Um, so thank you for that. I love it when you guys um, help me out and share some of your favorite music. Uh, before we went to break, I wanted to ask you... Um, uh, you say the partnership that you have with your clients has to be win-win in order for you to work with them. Um, mm-hmm. What's What's an example of a client that is not a win-win? Mm.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, I do think of it as a working partnership. It's a working relationship. And I always, I always want to add value to my clients, no matter what. Um, an example of, where it might not be a win-win is sometimes I get people battling me on the commission, you know? And um, and that's fine. I understand everybody wants to save money. And yet, um, when I say I add value, so the seller in Massachusetts pays the commission, and yet the value that I bring to the table in, form, in the form of marketing, presentation of the home, professional ne- negotiation and transaction management from tip to tail, means that I add more value to that sale than I than I cost in the form of the commission. And if I get a seller that just is not open-minded enough to to see that, it can be a real struggle. The whole transaction can just be really really tough for both of us because it means that they're not kind of holding that respect for me and they're going to fight me every step of the way. And so so you'll my-
2: you'll refer them out or you'll just no, not.
3: just say no. You know, yeah. so if you're not willing to pay what I'm worth, then it's not going to work out. Yeah, because I can't invest the time, yeah. and the resources into this sale if I'm not paid for it.
2: Yeah, so- but in the and it's a three to six percent. So it's it's not a, a a flat fee. It's it's a negotiable. But you <laughs> want to you want to get that on the table and get that out of the way right from the beginning.
3: Absolutely, and we have yep. to agree that it's worth it for both of us. Yep. Um, so, it might, one of my favorite questions to ask a seller who's concerned about the commission is, "What's most important to you? Is it the um, the sale price, or sorry, is it the commission, or what you net after the sale?"
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
3: Not really, it's what you net.
2: Yeah, and, and so that person that person might be just coming from a place of fear.
3: It is. It is, absolutely.
2: Right? That's what I'm feeling. Now, um, how do you help your buyers and sellers make sound decisions? And I love that you said even somewhere, I'm going to quote you, you said smart decisions. So sound yeah. and smart decisions. How are you um, helping them? And what's unsound? Okay.
3: Well, there's so many decisions when it comes to buying or selling a home or investing in a property. There's just so many decisions. And so uh, one of the things I do, of course, is to is to educate them on the market. Um, you know, for a buyer, it might be on in terms of location, you know, where's a strong market that will hold its value or even better, an up-and-coming market that might increase exponentially in value.
2: Um, so you're giving your clients lots of other information to consider and think about so that they can make the best decision you're not necessarily you know right steering them in any different direction no. but you're like think about all of these different things cuz we can't think of everything we're not in this business every
3: day Yeah, and I'm glad you said that, too, because I always start with asking a lot of questions because what I'm trying to find out is what's important to that client, what's most important. And then from there, I can really offer sound advice, you know, because everyone's different. Everyone has different goals and different motivations. So I need to know what's important to that client so that I can help them reach their goals, not mine, but theirs.
2: Yeah. Even though you have your own personal goals, each individual client it's all about them you can't it's the it's the the property they want to invest in if it's the property they want to purchase it's the prop it's the place they want to live
3: yes i mean it's are they trying to grow a family in this home or you know are they looking for something that has the best ROI return on investment or you know it can be different for different people so um when i really know and understand and appreciate what is important to them then when things do get stressful in terms of a negotiation or whatever it might be um, I can then kind of bring them back to what's important to you let's just come back to that and let that be the guide because inevitably it will become stressful Uh, the ego pops up right and things. Get out of hand say so it's good to know that client really on a personal level and be able to make them make their best decisions
2: yeah i've been reading a lot about the ego lately and you know so ultimately the ideal person is someone that mirrors you and i love that you say that you want to put the relationship before the transaction exactly and, and you want them to do that too care about this relationship sure. because you're working with somebody for several months
3: Well, yeah. And actually, I want to become their agent for life. Mm. (laughs) That's my goal, is because it doesn't just end at the closing. I mean, once they own the property, um, you know, then I can still add value in terms of my network. You know, do they need a contractor? Do they need other kinds of resources? As an estate attorney, for example, a CPA. I have all of those people vetted and in my network. Mm -hmm. And also people you trust. Exactly. The best of the best and very trustworthy. And then, you know, do they want to do upgrades to the home? Do they need advice on how to get the best bang for their buck?
2: Yeah. yeah
3: there's so many things that can come up. Which is so, which
2: is all free. That's... It, yes yes exactly i'm doing air quotes now like like that is not you don't charge people to you know no. continuing to educate on home improvements and resources after the transaction there's no charge for that so that is no. building a strong relationship
3: that's what it is yeah mm, and okay then- The compensation for me is I hope they'll think of me if their family or friends have a need for real estate services.
2: And on that note, your your service is free for buyers. That's so correct. yeah, we have to go to break. We're going to come back. I hope you stay with us. You can learn more. You can go to bigpicturerealty.kw.com to get more information about Carrie Gatto. You can also go to powerfulwomenrise.com. She's in our directory. Join us in the Cambridge location if you dare. Um, I hope you stay with us. You're listening to Powerful Women Revealed right here on 95.9 WATD. Are you getting the support you need to move your business forward? The perfect group for you might just be Powerful Women Rise. We are a motivational mastermind for women who are serious about transforming their businesses and missions. each meeting we educate ourselves on topics relevant to the entrepreneur today and we gain incredible support from a team of professionals with diverse experiences and wisdom so how do you want to be supported over
0: the next 12 months visit powerfulwomenrise.com to register or get started today
2: bumping off of that song right now what a beautiful song that is um wait a minute I lost my page my home to by Julia Cole beautiful song and you know what I want to ask you right now is what is the greatest challenge when it comes to negotiating for your client and how are you avoiding bidding wars
3: okay so with negotiation it really all comes down to leverage Whoever has the leverage is going to be the better negotiator in that situation. So when it comes to buyers, um, right now, it's a very hot seller's market. So how do you avoid bidding war? Well, um, one thing I do is I proactively seek out off-market sellers for my buyers. I have strategies to do that. And that way, we, if we can find a property and a seller that's willing to sell off-market, we can be the only buyer that knows about that property.
2: What does and that after- mean? What does that mean off market? I know what it means, but I need you to say it.
3: <laughs> yeah, so it's not on the open market. It's not on the MLS, the multiple listing service. It's not being advertised anywhere else. It's just, I found this person that's saying I might wanna sell or I do wanna sell in the near future. And I, if I, the right offer came along, I'd sell it.
2: And but how do you find that person?
3: Yeah. So um, there's a few different ways. Um, there, I have agent networks that I use to and I, I put it out there, put feelers out and see if an, an agent has something coming on the market soon or someone who just doesn't want to be publicly on the market. And yet they'd be willing to sell. And then I also just even cold call neighborhoods that my buyers might be interested in.
2: I can't believe you do that. Like...
3: <laughs> I love it.
2: It's like treasure hunting. <laughs> it's like treasure hunting. Oh my God. I love that. So now I want to go back to investment properties again. Why are you so passionate about helping sell investment properties? Is it just, is it, is it more because you want to help other people? You said something in your book about when you're filled up, you can overflow. I can't remember what I read. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's really like my big why is yeah. that when, when um, people are are abundant and have what they need, then I think their natural inclination is to give to others. I mean, mm. you ask someone, what would you do if you had all the money that you needed and more? What would you do if you didn't have to work and you had financial freedom? More often than not, they'll tell you, in some form they want to help other people.
2: Yeah.
3: That's is so beautiful to me that that's really human nature and so I feel that the more of us that have that financial footing and foundation the better off everyone will be our communities our families our our mm-hmm. legacy. And now, so yeah, it goes back to that.
2: Yeah, I I love it and I I can I'm getting goosebumps just hearing you say it because it's part of humanity. It's it's what we all in in, in instinctively you know want to do it is. Um, it is. in chapter one you said there's no ceiling anyone can do it but don't you need money don't you need <laughs> don't you need capital no, don't you need <laughs> like you have to have money to put down payments you have to have good credit you right don't you need some stuff well well oh there are ways <laughs>
3: Not necessarily, and I taught. I have webinars about this for people who are starting out, and I also have a Facebook group called Ready, Set, Invest oh. that we talk about different strategies with little or no money down. Um, for example, house hacking is one of my favorite strategies, um, where you live in one unit and you rent out the other one or two or three units in the in the property, and that. Does two things. For one thing, you have you can use a much lower down payment because you can um, you can use less than twenty percent for your down payment as an owner occupant
2: because you're proving what you're go- you're you're about to do. You're proving to the bank.
3: Yeah, and, and the and you are able to get um, a lower down payment because you live in the property. Y-
2: yes. Okay. So there's so, there's um in, in there's more to the investment because you're invested, because you live there.
3: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, um, the, and government programs allow you to do that. And then the other um, pro of doing a house hack is that the rental income coming in then offsets your own housing expense. So you could be living for free or next to nothing month to month Did in it, your own
2: house. Didn't you say something in your book about um, when you were renting? I thought you said something in your book about when you... The book is so fast. It's almost... It's a purse book. You can stick it in your purse and read it everywhere you go. And you're funny, too. Can I just say? It's, uh, It's such a great read. And I'm not in real estate, and I don't plan on investing... I am gaining so much information and inspiration yeah. just, just reading it. So it, it's you. such a quick, easy. Um, but getting back to the interview here, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. Now, in chapter eight, you said, why do people fear? This chapter is all about why do people fear real estate investing? So why do they fear it?
3: Well, one of the things is, as you just mentioned, the money part. Yeah. Um, they, they, the first thing they think of is I need oodles of money. And I just wanted to add, too, that the another way you can do it without any money is by finding a partner. There are lots of people out there with a lot of money that do want to invest, but they don't have the time to research it. They don't have the time to go out and find a deal. And yet they want a good return on their money. Oh. Maybe you could take the time to find a good deal and partner up with someone. So that's another way, another strategy to look into if you don't have a lot of capital. Um,
2: Especially if you want a job.
3: (laughs) Right, right. I mean... Right?
2: If you're looking for something creative to do, like flipping a home, have somebody invest it, and you're the one who does all the legwork, right? Yeah,
3: I mean... I've come to find out that the money is not the hardest part at all. In fact, there's so much money out there to be had. The deal is harder to find. So uh, if you can get
1: yourself
3: a good deal, there'll be people coming out of the woodwork wanting to partner with you.
2: Wow, interesting. Wow. All right. Now, um, what do I, I? I like to ask a couple of things in each interview about you know misconceptions and clearly you do so much more than just throw a listing up on MLS. And yeah. why Why do people think, why is there a misconception where people think that realtors don't do very much? I don't know. Yeah. Or you don't work hard enough or you only work hard at the closing.
3: Like what? Yeah, there's no, it's kind of like that. You know, you've seen the diagram where there's the iceberg and it says like, you see, success is the tip of the iceberg, and then you see everything below the water. Oh, people don't see that.
2: People <laughs> they don't just see eat.
3: the tip of the iceberg. They see, oh, you get a big commission commission check, and all you do is throw it online. They think I can do that. I can do it on Zillow, easy peasy.
2: Yeah. And yet,
3: and even even people coming into the industry have this misconception. I work with new agents, training them. And they think it's gonna be easy. And I'm like, Oh, sorry to tell you, this is not like a hobby or something you can do in your downtime. Yeah. If you really want to build a business, it's going to take everything you've got.
2: <laughs> Unless you do not have a job and you would like to become a realtor, then go for it. But if well, that yeah. is if, if that is not your goal, you need to have the professional. Like just right. we have doctors. Right. We have no doctors problem. and lawyers and people and professionals for a reason because we can't do it all.
3: Exactly. Thank you. Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't pull your own tooth.
2: No, so. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I so. definitely would not do that and I'm getting a root canal and I would not do that on my own either. <laughs> but I'm actually happy about it because the pain will go away. So see, the, there's, yeah. there's, there's there's positives. Um all right. Now um are we Oh, we have to go to break. Sorry. We have to go to break. We have one more segment. I hope you stay with us. My guest is Carrie Gatto. You can go to Big Picture Realty kw.com For more information, definitely grab her book. I think it's $14 on Amazon. It's a steal. I'm your host, Nicole Perry. You're listening to Powerful Women Revealed right here on 95.9 WATD.
0: A grapefruit diet is not realistic. A Love Diet is personal. For over two and a half years, Nicole Perry has been writing her debut book, I Am On A Love Diet, and it's officially available on Amazon right now. Nicole's debut book, I Am On A Love Diet, is Nicole's story of how she focused on feeding herself love for 365 days and shares her very candid, raw, and personal thoughts about the dieting industry. Nicole's book is nonfiction, but reads like a beach novel. Get your copy today by visiting ilovemydiet.com.
2: You're listening to Powerful Women Revealed. I'm your host, Nicole Perry. And what a beautiful... Uh, that was just... I love Michael Jackson. I'm... I'm, You know, I love Paris Jackson. His daughter has music out. And she is just the sweetest, most beautiful human being. So, you know, God bless their family. I mean, uh, anyway, I don't want to go into a whole Michael Jackson thing. But um, in this last segment, I want to ask... Um, I love this. First, I just want to touch on this real quick because this is just funny um you said in one of your statements to me you're really awesome at follow-ups and you basically don't give up on a lead until they die or they tell you never call back again oh my god that is hilarious like it's not funny that people die but you are hilarious (laughs) thank
3: you yeah i actually so i trace this back and i do i pride myself on follow-up um, I think it's so important. And I traced it all back to when I was an uh, assistant to an agent back in Beverly Hills because my primary role was to make sure that our clients got paid by the studios and the producers who never wanted to part with their money.
2: Oh. but I would
3: have to follow up with them like months and months and months to get our people, our artists, paid. And so I really learned to do that in a systemized way. And now, it's transferred to real estate in that I do. I Once I have a lead, it's basically I'm going to be in touch with you now um, on a regular basis, whether it's a potential <laughs> seller or a potential buyer, until either you tell me not to do it or you buy
2: or or you buy or you buy something and you said somewhere in I don't know um, might have been the questionnaire I sent you that um, or your book I don't know which um, somewhere that buyers have written offers just to get rid of you <laughs> that is yeah. to me that is insane that is crazy but they probably what what happened you have a story
3: well here's the thing so you know, we're in a hot market, and sometimes we have open houses and things where there's a bunch of people that turn up and things like that. And buyers can be intimidated pretty easily. And I've I've followed up with buyers before who have said, "Yeah, I, I don't think I have a shot at this, so I'm not even going to write an offer." This is just an example, and so I'll tell them, "Yeah, look, you don't know. Other buyers could be saying the same thing.
0: Oh. What if nobody
3: writes an offer, right? And this has actually happened. What if nobody
2: writes an offer?" <laughs> Because right? they're and all saying, I'm not going to bother because there's going to be 70 offers and I'll never get it.
3: Yes, And yes, and they just completely get let it get to them. So I've literally had times where I've had to coax a buyer to write an offer because they thought they'd never shot and they've ended up even getting the property. So let, so.
2: let me ask you this, because we're almost out of time. Let me ask you this. What is this? There's no sweat off their back to write an offer.
3: Well, but they can't emotionally invest it, even though it's just literally writing an offer. Oh. It's like, then they start thinking, oh my God, I, what if I could actually get this house? They start seeing themselves living there. And they've obviously been down this road before and they don't want to invest the emotional energy. But so you know what? You have it. to, you have to, like, if you
2: see a property that you love mm-hmm. and you can imagine yourself living there. There, there has to be a, um, you have to cut the cord. You have to, you have to not put your, get your hopes up so high and you just, you just like one transaction at a time, one offer at a time. You have to put it in, hope and pray, do the best you can. If it doesn't work out, it wasn't meant to be.
3: And that's what I tell them. It's exactly that. Like, let's just, it costs nothing to write an offer. Let's just see what happens. And yeah, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. It's
2: not meant to, I totally, I totally believe that. We put in, um, now this is going back to 2004, so I've been living in my house since 2004. It, this was our seventh property we put a oh. purchase a, a, a purchase and sale agreement on, and one of them we changed our mind and we hoped and prayed that it would just go away and it did. Like we like because after we realized we put the offer in and we're like, oh, maybe we don't want to live there, like. <laughs> we started questioning but everything worked out exactly the way it was supposed to work out and by not putting an offer in you know you have to take action exactly if you exactly. are in the process of buying you have to take and there's an element of action a call there to is. action
3: there is and even if like same thing for our home here we put an offer in another home prior and it didn't work out and i was devastated. But then this one popped up, and we were ready because we'd already gone through the motions. You've already the gone. And yes,
2: and that's what I actually tell my kids: when you go to a job interview, don't go to the job you want first. Go to a couple practice ones, and that's, that's really pretty. what you're doing. With the now, yes. you might get lucky. You might get you. You might get lucky and get the first home that you fell in love with, but you yeah. need a couple of those practice ones to sort of get the the you know, all the juices flow in and get, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, do you have any final thought? We're out of time.
3: I would just love if people would check me out. Um, I have webinars coming up and. um, On your
2: website. Do you, do yeah. Do you show your webinars on your website?
3: Um, I don't know that they're on my website. That's a good thing. I should have them up there. But if you email me or look me up on Eventbrite, that's how you can find them. And on, on Facebook.
2: And what is your name on Eventbrite? Is it the same as your Big Picture Realty?
3: Or just Carrie Gatto. Or Carrie Gatto.
2: Okay. But they can definitely find you on Powerful Women Rise. And they can find you at bigpicturerealty.kw.com. And uh, I want to thank you so much for being here. You are delightful. You're so happy. (laughs) There's a lot of stressed real estate agents out there. And you are freaking happy i love you you're awesome all right so um we are out of time i want to leave you with this final quote this is by a french philosopher uh i'm gonna say this right Rene descartes and here it is divide each difficulty into as many parts as is feasible and necessary to resolve it and watch the whole transform isn't that beautiful wow i feel like that's what you do That's why I found that quote so befitting. So thank you again. I want to thank you for listening and spreading more love into every human being around you. Ending systemic racism is a lifelong process for everyone who shares our Mother Earth. So please do what you can. Speak out and care. I hope you will tune in next Sunday after the news at noon. Until then, I'm your host, Nicole Perry. Have a great week. And remember, knowledge is power and it's what you do with all that knowledge that matters.